Welcome to the Leadership Playbook. My name is Emily Hawkins. How I used to introduce myself is, I have 15 years in supply chain, creating and leading teams, streamlining processes, managing millions of dollars. Except that's not what I do anymore. I'm a career and life coach. And I want to take you on the journey of how to lead yourself, how to take your career to the next level, whatever that may be. I'm going to give you tangible advice on exactly how to do what you want to do. Lead and love your life. Hello, and welcome to Leadership. Today, I want to tell a story about my life and this amazing guy that I've gotten the chance to meet through social media in the past several months. So back in June, this is very new for me, back in June, I got very drunk. And I'm being honest about this because this may sound familiar to you. I was at my neighborhood pool and my son had a play date early in the day. And play dates at the pool for me always involved alcohol. It was, you know, let's have some margaritas or let's have some spiked seltzer or some beer or some wine. The thing was, on this particular day, my daughter had a play date later in the day. And I was the person that was at the pool all day. So I started drinking at noon and did not stop drinking until about 7 p.m. And I don't care what you're drinking, drinking for seven hours, it never ends well. Mm. And when the second play date started, I was already hammered. And that's awful to say, considering that water was involved and my children were there, but this was the reality. And I remember looking at one of the other moms and being embarrassed because I knew how drunk I was, but also feeling horrible. And it wasn't like throw up. It was like, I wanted to come out of my stupor, which I couldn't do because I was drunk. Right. And I felt so out of control and I started drinking water. This was again at like seven. Uh, so she'd had her play date for a few hours, but around seven, I was like, I got to cut myself off. So I was drinking water and some, some regular seltzer and I got home that night and my husband had met me at the pool later and he was also drinking. And I went to bed that night and I said, what if I stop drinking? And of course, who doesn't say this when they don't feel good? And so he laughed at me and said, you're ridiculous, whatever. I woke up the next day with a completely different set of eyes, very hungover, clearly knew that was going to happen. But I said to myself, I have to stop this. Because I would love to tell you that that's the only story I have of drinking too much and being an embarrassment and not spending enough time with my children. I do want people to know there are lifeguards at my pool. Thank God. Mm -hmm. Um, But that was June. it It was June 30th. And I decided June 30th, no drinking. And then I said to myself, what about July? What if I went dry for July? And I thought to myself about it and I stopped myself and I said, wow, okay, the 4th of July is coming up. So that's drinking. We're going to have our family vacation and that's drinking. And we're going to a a baseball game and that's drinking. I'll do it another month. And then I caught myself and I said, why not lean into the hard? Why not experiment with this hard month 
and see what happens. And so I'm not going to lie. The first little bit was hard, but what I found honestly, 4th of July was that I'm funny and I don't need alcohol and I'm social and I don't need alcohol. And what I did in those first few weeks was when I would go to the pool, because still pool weather, I would put my drink in a koozie and it looked just like a beer because I was drinking seltzer, uh, like some flavored seltzer water. So no one knew I wasn't drinking, which made it even better because I think a lot of people just naturally thought I was drinking and it took so much pressure off of all the situations and all of a sudden what happened in that month was joy. I realized I had been muting joy in my life. There was nothing in my life that was sad. I know a lot of people drink for that reason, but I was muting the high points, not the low points. And it really, I had the best vacation ever, best in the whole world. And we had so much fun. My husband and I got closer that month. I was a better mother. I woke up happier every day. I wasn't trying to fuel this cycle all the time. But what happened was I started posting on Instagram dry July. And what I found was in Australia, there's actually a cancer benefit called dry July. And everyone in Australia, not everyone, but people who do this event go sober. And I thought if those people that drink like fish can be sober in the month of July, these are my people. So I started connecting with this dry July and through dry July, I found Lee, who I'm going to introduce you to today. Gay sober is what his name is. The gay sober on social media. He is my spirit animal because his hilarious lighthearted posts where he is fully himself, which does include being gay and does include being sober. And it also includes being funny and just sharing his heart and he writes these hilarious little poems and things. Um, my favorite is the letter to your liver. Uh, they are amazing and he's just himself. And so he showed me, and he doesn't even know this, but he showed me what sober can look like. And it might not look like we have anything in common, right? I'm American, you're English, you're gay, I'm straight but we have sobriety in common and we have humor in common because I think I'm funny, um, which maybe is a problem in and of itself. But I wanted you to know that when I had those hard days of saying, well, I could just have a glass of wine or maybe I could just have like one little drink. It would be fine. And going on social media and seeing you laughing and talking and getting up in the morning, he runs and he posts about his runs Seeing that, I thought, if I do that, I'm going to miss out on my morning. So, Lee, thank you so much for getting me through not just July, but August and September. <laughs> it is now October. I love being sober. It's amazing. And I feel like I've gained so much from it. But I want to hear more about you because what I don't know is your story. I have just shared all that because I felt like you needed to know what a person um, can do, you know, with your posts and how they can help somebody feel less alone. And you do such a great job of making sobriety fun. Cause I think a lot of people think you're boring if you're sober. So share with me your story. I want to know more about you. 
Okay, so uh, congratulations. You must be feeling great. Well done. So what was it, July, you said, or June? Did you stop drinking in June? It was, I had one day in June, sober. One day, yeah. <laughs> and then July. So when they were doing July, I was like, I'm a day ahead. So, yeah. <laughs> well, congratulations on that first. It's absolutely amazing. And yeah, it's really lovely to hear my posts help you because um, when I, I, I actually started on Instagram about six months after I was sober uh, because I felt like, because I haven't done... Um, I haven't gone to any groups or anything like that. So um, I've sort of used Instagram as my place where uh, my like sober community and where I reach out to people and they reach out to me. And I set myself a task in January of um, posting every day for 100 days, um, which was brilliant for me because that just really, I had lots to say that I wanted to say. I actually started um, posting anonymously though because I felt um, I really wanted to be honest. And at that point, six months in, I wasn't um, out as being sober, really. I told people I'd stopped drinking. I definitely wasn't using the word sober. Um, I was just, I just stopped drinking. So I just went anonymous because I wanted to um, be as honest as I could. Um, and then I realized that actually uh, I was ready to put my picture and my name to it, and it didn't stop me being honest at all. Um, if anything, it's held me even more accountable. So for me, Instagram's been a massive part of my sobriety, a massive part of, uh, yeah, my whole journey and um, uh, people I've met, like I've met you through this now. Uh, so to hear those posts help people is sort of unbelievable and amazing and heartwarming for me because uh, I was just sort of putting them out there for me in a way. But like, I've really, really realized that um, vulnerability is a real positive thing. I really, uh, I've learned that over the last year. Um, I've sort of thought that things that I thought were weak, I now think are strong, like sharing your story. And I've realized, I, I've realized that by reading other people's story, it helped me loads. And then I've realized, so by me sharing my story, that helps people. That still amazes me really. But it's just this whole community thing that is happening out there, which is just amazing. Um, so that's my sort of Instagram -y story. But the reason I stopped drinking, um, which was last July, uh, tw what year are we? 2019, 2018. So I've just, just over a year I stopped drinking. Um, and that was just because I drunk for a long, long time and it just wasn't working for me anymore. Um, it was, my, my uh, tolerance level was really high and um, I was a binge drinker. So I wasn't drinking every day, but then when I was drinking, um, I could drink a lot, you know. So it just got to the point where it just wasn't working for me anymore. And uh, there was a problem developing definitely um, or developed. So it was just time to get a grip of that. And the benefits for me being so far have just been like unbelievably things I never realized. Like I knew I wanted to stop having hangovers and like no one wants a hangover, but the, the positive changes in my life are just unbelievable. And I'm not talking about external ones. I don't really care about them. I don't care about, even though your skin does get better and you, you can lose weight and blah, blah, blah. That's not important to me at all. What's been important are the changes that have happened on the inside. So the fact that my life is just so much more positive and uh, I um, attack things much more in a really positive way, I mean that. So for example, I've just run a half marathon and I just went for it. Like before I would have maybe, maybe started 
I don't know if I'd have even started training, if I'm honest, but if I had, I wouldn't have carried it through. Whereas now, if I've got a goal, I meet that goal. Um, so it's, a, it's just improved everything, my personal life, my work life, um, my mental health, my, I didn't, uh, everything. I think you probably know where I'm coming from in the last few months. You, you're probably feeling that as well, are you? A hundred percent. And it's, <laughs> you can't even describe it. And, and I know you talk about this as well on social media about how the use of alcohol, I mean, you're English for crying out loud. Like it is. I'm Welsh. Oh, you're Welsh. Well, UK. So <laughs> everyone in England, Ireland, Scotland, Wales drinks heavily. I've spent a lot of time over there. And honestly, we drink a lot over here too. And every yeah. event is about the social lubricant that is alcohol. And for you not to be drinking, it's, it's honestly like people, well, because I'm a woman, people say, oh, are you pregnant? No, I'm not pregnant. <laughs> And then I, I also don't want them to think that I care about what they're doing because I don't. If you're drinking and you want to drink and that's working for you, good for you. Absolutely. I, for me, it doesn't work. To your point, that's exactly how I felt. It wasn't working for me anymore. Yeah. And I have big goals for my business and they were happening, but I feel like they could have happened faster and I feel like they are happening faster. I had my best month ever in my business in August. Hmm. Could that potentially have something to do with the fact that I wasn't muting out parts of my creativity and happiness. So yes, I completely I understand what you're coming from. So how do you handle social situations now? Yeah. Yeah. So, so that I, I've definitely struggled with that at the start um, before, cause I've had times where I didn't drink before, but that, I, that was a set time. So I'd set myself two weeks, three weeks, sometimes two months not to drink. Mm -hmm. And then obviously when I come to the end of that, I'd reward myself with getting absolutely hammered, you know? Um, but th this time, and, and, and when I was doing those, those little gaps before I would sort of not go out or if I went out, I would, um, I'd be really jealous of those drinkers, you know, thinking I want that beer. I want that lager. Um, this time, um, it, it's, it's been different. I struggled at the start. I really did. But what um, uh, I didn't put myself in situations I didn't want to be in. Um, I, um, I, yeah, I, I really didn't. I made sure that I wanted to go to something. Um, I wouldn't just push myself to go to a re event where I knew everyone would be drunk because it's just not helpful. Um, and again, I was doing that for other people, not for myself. So this time, since I've stopped drinking, I'm putting myself first in social situations because all you get otherwise is you're boring. Um, I mean, I don't get I'm pregnant, obviously, but that uh, you get um, what's wrong with you, you know, all these ridiculous things or will you be drinking soon again? All, you know, um, absolutely ridiculous. So um, I, I actually stopped going out for a little bit at the start. And then that has built up. Um, uh, I mean, not with family and stuff and really close friends, but if there was a party, I would just say I'm not coming. And, you know, it was as simple as that. Um, but I have been out a bit more now recently, but I, um, I leave exactly when I want to. I don't just hang around till one if I don't want to be there. Um, also, I will say to people in, in alternative things, so I've got a group of my mates who I used to go really heavy drinking with, who I've noticed I've been about 16, and, um, and I just said to them recently, I said, I don't enjoy going out anymore drinking with you guys, obviously, um, so can we go for a walk? Can we go for lunch? Or can we go to a place where it's definitely food, and I'll ring ahead and I'll see if they've got alcohol-free lagers 
or beers because I do drink the alcohol free stuff. Mm-hmm. I know there's uh, people out there who are not sure about it. For me, it's brilliant. So if I've been over a friend's house or if I have been to parties that I've chosen to go to, I've taken a four little bottles of alcohol-free lager. And that seems, it's weird. It helps me, but it seems to help the people who are drinking more. They feel like more comfortable if they can see me with a bottle of fake lager in my hand. So I'm like, I'm all for that. Great, go for it, you know. So my social, I, I think, I think at the start I was thinking, oh, I'm really worried about my social, so my social life, my social life changing. Mm-hmm. Well, but now I'm like, yep, it has changed, and I'm really happy it's changed because I don't spend hours in a pub, you know, um, doing nothing, just sitting there drinking. Mm-hmm. I'll go out and I'll socialise. Now I really socialise with my friends. I really catch up. I really ask them how they are. I listen, so I don't just shout and laugh and just be silly. I really have deeper connections with them. So my social life has changed for the better, basically. Well, so, but it's a real problem. You probably remember the conversations too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I remember how I got home. I remember that, you know, and also I don't spend as much money, you know. I'll have a few Diet Pepsis and then, you know, I'm happy. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's fantastic. It's weird because when I was drinking, that was one of my major things. I was like, oh my God, my social life is going to be terrible. I'm not going to have a social life, you know. And that's what kept me in the alcohol trap. But then as soon as I was the other side of that, I was like, oh no, it wasn't any good anyway. I just yes. thought it was good because I could drink. You yes. Know? Yeah. I didn't realize how much I was doing it to please other people. And what I mean by mm. that is like fitting in, you know? Yeah. I think back to when I started drinking, I was 15 and I was not drinking heavily at 15, but it was, why did I start? Because everybody else was. And it was socially acceptable and I wanted to fit in and I wanted to be quote unquote cool. And then it became something that felt good. And then I continued it through college. And I, just like you, was a binge drinker. I, was, I would not drink for periods of time. And then when I did drink, it was copious amounts. Never in my life have I gone somewhere and had a glass of wine or <laughs> a drink. Like, I'll say that. That's a nice little, like, you know, fairy tale that I would tell myself. Yeah. Oh, I'll just have one drink. No. No, no. like four. I would have a bottle of wine. I would have, um, I remember last summer, actually, uh, I really like the box wines because you can't monitor how much you're drinking. And that's something I didn't realize that was making me feel better about drinking from the box. But I was realizing very quickly that over two days, I was drinking a box of wine, which is four bottles of wine. And Whoa. I remember sharing this with some other moms and they were laughing and they were like, oh yeah, it's crazy. And I'm like, no, I, I think this is a problem. Like, yeah. this is, and to your point, I, I really associated it with, I can only hang out with people that are drinking because that's what we do. Like that's the age that's, you know, and now that I don't drink, you know, like I said, I, I hit it for a while, very similar to you where I was like, I don't want yeah. to know. And then I started sharing while I'm not drinking. And the first thing was like, why, why, you know? And yeah. I, people say that and this is my personal opinion the people that are the most offended by me not drinking or have the most questions are questioning their own alcohol intake without a doubt and and that's why I can always forgive anyone who does it because I know I was the worst at doing it myself um I would you know I, I know if I was out and there was a group with a group of friends and one of them wasn't drinking I sort of wouldn't talk to them that night yeah and, and I you know it's terrible but I and I know now that's because 
it, deep down, I was realizing, I don't want that person to see how much I'm drinking, mm -hmm. how quick I'm drinking, how silly I'm about to get, all of that, you know? Mm -hmm. And now I'm that person, and I definitely feel people pull back from me, but that's fine, because I understand it, and I understand that's about them, you know? I've got a friend who's come to me for a bit of advice recently, because she's just stopped drinking. And um, in the uh, in UK at the moment, they're doing uh, dry over. So obviously, so people are drinking in October and it's really funny because she said, I'm not going to tell anyone I've stopped drinking. I'm just going to say I'm doing dry tober and then I'm going to say, oh, it's made me feel so good. I'm going to carry on. And I was like, yeah, that's a brilliant idea. And then we were laughing, just saying, God, if this was smoking or any other drug, mm -hmm. um, you would not be saying, oh, I'm just going to let, you know, I'm going to pretend I am. It's so bizarre, isn't it? It cracks me up. Yes. Yeah. It's a social norm. And actually, that is why one of my questions for you was, was it harder coming out as a gay man or was it harder getting sober? Because yeah. to me, first of all, there, this is a very loaded question, right? One is a lifestyle choice and one is not, right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. let's put that out in the open. Yeah. But also, there are, I think when you are living who you are, that can be hard for others, right? Yeah. And they want to question both. So what was really harder for you? And I don't know your story about coming out or anything like that, but I, I mean, both are very hard decisions at the time, right? I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I, what's been amazing in the last um, sort of 14 months, 15 months since I stopped drinking is I can't believe how actually intertwined uh, being gay and my drinking problem was it's, uh -huh. it's amazed me actually um, the similarity between coming out to stop and drinking though was that it's but they were both processes um, I didn't wake up one day and come out like I didn't wake up one day and stop drinking you know there was lots of sort of little pockets to the end result um, but what I've really realized um, about my drinking was that it was really linked to me being uncomfortable about being gay so there was shame attached to being gay mm -hmm. um which i never realized i mean i always knew that i hid it when i was younger and it's it, it, it's a terrible thing because you you become a really good liar at a very young age because you have to because you're hiding this massive thing you don't want anyone to know which which is again similar to a drinking problem as that develops you oh, know 100 uh-huh you know it's something that you don't want to admit to yourself and then when you do you're like i'm now i've admitted it but i don't know what to do with it it's, it's a similar thing but um it, it definitely uh that, that you know there was shame attached to being gay um which alcohol took away you yeah. know alcohol took away that shame alcohol uh and also on the gay scene in the uk it's so you know you don't go um you don't go and play darts or just have, you know, you go out and you get hammered, you get wasted and it's all, and it's so accepted mm -hmm. to be the one who's the drunk. It's, it's almost expected. It's like socially expected, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, so actually, so actually they, they are really, really linked. And in the last 14 months, I've got to get, get to know myself so much better and actually realize that there's, I, I, when I first heard about um, sometimes with drinking, there can be shame attached to it, um, and that's where your drinking comes from. I just thought it was a load of rubbish because I've I've been had an amazing life as in like got really supportive parents, got an amazing sister, got a partner. Like I, I, I'm I'm lucky um, in that way, and I thought I'm not ashamed of anything. And then when I've gone back through my life and looked at the little things, I think there's a few things actually. But being gay 
is really part of that, you know. Mm-hmm. There's, um, it's, it's just even small things people don't realise, or I didn't even realise. So like when you're young, you're a teenager, and you know, your grandparents or your parents are like, oh, where's your girlfriend? Or, you know, all these little things, and you're thinking, I don't want a girlfriend, even if you're not realising that. And right. then, you know, for most, for most gay people, you know, their actual first partner is usually a secret. Oh, yeah. Whereas, you know, whereas for straight people, it's like a rites of passage, isn't it? It's like, oh, they've got their girlfriend, their first girlfriend, their first boyfriend. Mm-hmm. So actually, it starts at a really young age, that shame does, without realising. Yeah. And, you know, it's, 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 quite, it's and, and that's just one tiny little example. Mm-hmm. But you, and, and since I've been going through that, I'm thinking, oh, yeah, that did happen. I did hide that. And it was a secret. And, you know, it's, it, and then you just realise it's attached to a lot of stuff. So it's a really good question because, like I said, they're both processes, but they're both really linked. Well, and, and it's so funny because both started out the same way. They were both. Yeah. So you mm. were hiding who you were in both areas, right? When you got sober, you hit it a little bit. I know I did. And it was like, people might not accept this. It's kind of a little bit shameful in a way, like, because it's not Mm -hmm. socially acceptable. And I never thought about that, but it's so similar. And now I, I have a thing, this is my personal business mantra, is that we should all feel fulfilled, fully fulfilled. And we're being who we are supposed to be and that is at work, that is in our social lives, in our, you know, in our romantic lives, the whole way, when we are fundamentally who we are fully, we have this power of connecting other people. And until we are fully ourselves, we truly can't connect on a deeper level with others. And I mean, that is no truer than our relationship because, because you decided to be fully you, I was drawn to you. I was like, who is this guy? He's so funny. He's so out there and so proud of sobriety and being gay and all these things that you should be proud of. Mm. And I'm like, it helped me say to myself, why am I hiding that I don't want to be drinking anymore? Why am yeah. I hiding this? This is ridiculous. Um, yeah. So I, I just think that you are an amazing human being and I uh. love everything about you. Uh, I do have to say that one of my most favorite uh, things that you did was when the caricature guy came to your work. (laughs) That was hilarious. So Lee did this video where he was like, you know, there's caricature people that you see at fairs or, you know, at Disney or whatever. He's like, you know, most people say it doesn't look anything like them. And so he had this caricature done. And by the way, it looks like you. I'm sorry. It's <laughs> I know. It's exaggerated, though. And it is hilarious. And he pulls it up and your deadpan face when you're showing it. And you were so upset. And I laughed so hard. I watched that thing like three times. This is hilarious. And so I just love your humor. I love everything that you represent. And his little great. stories, again, are amazing. He does these great little, I call them slideshows. Um, <laughs> there, there are lots of images stacked on top of each other on Instagram. And mm. he'll write little letters to himself or to his liver. That one's great. Um, yeah. Lies you tell yourself. All these great things. And some of them are funny. And some of them are like, ooh, that was intense. But I love mm. that because... I have found that, first of all, when people are funny, it means they're very smart. So you are a very smart man. (laughs) Two, if you're going to be funny, you have to be able to dance in the darkness. 
And you do that in such a beautiful way where you dance mm. a little dark and then you make it funny and you bring it to light. So yeah. thank you for doing that. You're taking a very serious subject. You can go on some sites and it's very sad and depressing and like you need help and, you know, very, very formal. And you, my friend, are not formal. And that's why <laughs> I'm definitely not formal. No, no way. So yeah, it's, it's, it's just been great to have a platform to be able to do it really. Yes. Well, I want people to know where they can find you. I found you on at the gay sober on yeah. Instagram. Is that mainly where you are? I know you it said is. started. Yeah, that's it. I've just found that's where I want to share. Cause I mean, I'm not sort of, it's, it's, that's it really. I'm not sort of um, doing anything else, but Instagram in that way, you know, so just to share stuff and um, it's just as, it's just a small part of me, really. You do know what I mean? Just being sober used to be a massive part of me. And now it's just, I just don't drink anymore, you know? So uh, that's why I share thoughts. And yeah, there's lots of posts on there. If people want to go and have a look through. Like, you know, if I actually go back to the first ever one that was on there, and there's like some spelling mistakes and it's all a bit raw. But I love that about it as well, because it's like I had no clue that I would get any followers, never mind sort of, you know, the followers that I've got. So that's been really interesting and exciting as well. Oh my gosh, but it's so meaningful and wonderful. Mm. I love when you show up on my stories. I love when I see new posts in my feed because they're always impactful and fun and they make me think and you help me my friend you help me in july wow. this time and then you show up every day so it's not like all of a sudden you just fell off the wagon which by the way where did that term even come from because it sounds painful in a lot of ways i know it's terrible <laughs> i don't get it i don't get it and i don't understand why being on the wagon has to not be fun isn't no, a wagon rides fun like i feel like <laughs> wagon ride i don't understand why being on the wagon is like that so. i don't know i don't know i have to google it yeah <laughs> it's so amazing though to hear that they've helped you honestly that's like made my week that's just so brilliant that's just that's just amazing when you put something out there and you don't expect that so you know that's really that's amazing for me to hear that thank yes. you yes well thank you and i i really want you to keep doing it mainly for my own entertainment purposes because <laughs> i love what you write and i love who you are um, and I wanted to say, uh, did you happen to, this is something that happened to me. I replaced alcohol with sugar for a period of time. Uh -huh. I gave it up, which was hard, but I needed a crutch. I found out, I didn't realize I needed a crutch, but the month of July, I ate so much ice cream, so much chocolate. Oh my God. It was ridiculous. Yep. And I think that was my way of like, well, I deserve something. And only yeah. in the month of like the end of September, this has been new, did I let go of sugar. And what I realized was I had to sit with myself and it was almost like an out of body experience. Why do I feel like I need this? And for me, it was like a mood altering state, you know, like I need something to take me out of the situation. And I had to yeah. sit with myself and say, all right, I love tea. Uh, so I would say, I'm just going to have tea, you know, something warm, something that I can do with my hands. So I'm not eating the chocolate or I know a lot of people that are coming off of drugs or anything else. They smoke, you know, they chain smoke, you know, whatever habits they have, they kind of amp those up. Did you have anything like that? Did you do anything like that? Sugar. 
sugar it's a yeah it's a really really common one apparently um uh and my but mine lasted for ages i mean it's still there a little bit as well um mm. that i it, it, because it's looking for this treat all the time isn't it i've got to treat myself and i used to think alcohol was a treat you know now i look back and it's the you know the least thing you should treat yourself with but um yeah, sugar definitely. I mean, obviously there's a lot of sugar in alcohol, so I think I was replacing it for that reason. But also it was just finding that. And do you know what? I remember Ruby Warrington, who's written a book called Sober Curious, she talks about it. And she just said, just go with it. Just go with it. It, it, it won't last forever, as it yeah. doesn't, as it, you know, and it goes. And also I would rather be sitting there eating, you know, a bar of chocolate than having my eight cans of lager. And that's how I said to myself, I said, okay, uh, and I know you know this too, when people are like, okay, I'm going to give up. I, I make this joke all the time. On Monday, I'm not going to drink. I'm going to be vegan. I'm going to give up <laughs> gluten. I'm yeah. going to sunshine and happiness Monday. You know, it's going to be like yeah. narrow. And that is like a recipe for disaster, right? And so that yeah. is exactly what I did is I said, you know what? I'm giving up the alcohol, but I'm going to eat as much sugar as I want. I'm going to eat cupcakes. I'm going to eat like, so I had something to look forward to. And then all of a sudden I was like, what if I gave that up? Um, yeah. And honestly, what I've noticed, I used to have this thing in my gut where, and everybody has a place in their body where stress lives and it's uh -huh. different. Like maybe it's your shoulders, maybe it's your neck for, or your chest. And for me, it was my stomach. So I had chronic stomach aches. And once I gave up the alcohol, they went away. And when I gave up the sugar, everything went away. And I feel this like lightness and very like calm feeling. And I'm like, whoa, I was trying really hard to alter right now, but it was ruining long-term everything. My sleep, oh my gosh, I sleep so well now, I love it. Yeah, yeah. I don't miss I that. So, so that's good to know though, that, that you also struggled with you were on the sugar. Yeah, I did. But I, I am definitely, though, so much kinder to myself since I don't drink alcohol because I used to beat myself up a lot because I drank so much and I used to make me feel very, very yes. weak. Yes. You know, um, so that's gone away, which is a massive bonus. Mm -hmm. But I just, um, I'm just kinder to myself as well. So if I do have a, a week or a day or a night when I have had too much sugar, that's okay you know and then and then i know i'm not going to live the rest of my life like that so i just so the next day i don't eat as much sugar or you know whatever it is that i'm not happy with i'll just try and change that because whatever and it's it's like you were just saying about sleep my sleep is so much better but of course i was really stressed recently with this uh, with a bit of work stuff and i wasn't sleeping as well but and then I, I knew why and i sorted that out but everything i do now i do it sober so it's just so much different. So even if I've got bad sleep, it's not bad sleep because of alcohol. Even if I'm having a bit of a binge on sugar or whatever I'm doing, I know it's because I'm choosing to do it. Right. Maybe not sleeping badly. But it's, it's, I know it's not because of the effect of alcohol. And I can live with that. Because that's just life. Well, and also, I don't know about you, but when I drink too much, the next day I'm like, ooh, what did I say? And then you have these oh. flashbacks of like, ooh, I said something yeah. you shouldn't have and all that. When you eat a candy bar, you don't have those flashbacks. <laughs> you something really you awful to someone. I mean, and this is the thing as well, this since I stopped drinking, is that um, I just realized how much headspace was taken up. And I don't mean taken up with feeling rough, even though that happened. 
Mm. I, my, you know, I was thinking about what I'd done the last time I drink, what I would do the next time I drink, where I was going to get the drink from, how I was going to hide, how much I was going to have, how much, who, who I could drink with that wouldn't notice I'd drunk that much. Oh, and then all that noise stops and you can start looking at yourself a bit more. And that's why lots of things have happened in the last... Um, since last July, uh, 2018, because I've just got much more time to think about everything else, which uh, has been amen. amazing. Amen, brother, yeah. the same way. And mm. I also believe, um, for me, I had the similar thing, and something that got me through the initial stages was I did something I call chase the morning. And what I mean is, I love morning, I love morning. But when you have a hangover, it's not the day, the time of day that you want. Like you want to no. sleep off and I have young children, so there's no sleeping. That's not going to happen. <laughs> and so I knew, you know, mornings would suck basically. And so in July, when I realized I would be out with friends or something like that, and there would be alcohol, I would forward think and say, what do I want tomorrow morning to be like? So in my head, I would plan out my workout. I would plan, you know, what am I going to write for my blog or what am I going to do for social media or something like that? Ooh, I'm going to need to be on my A game for that. So I better not drink. And so I was chasing the morning and I still do it because I just love mornings. But instead, yeah. I look at the morning instead of not drinking and just get excited about tomorrow. Uh -huh. It's going to be awesome. And you're right. I spent a lot of headspace on everything you talked about whether it was ruminating about what I did while I was drinking or when I was going to drink or buying it or whatever. And I, I had no idea how much space in my head that was, that was really occupying until it wasn't. So I know that's really, exciting. I know. And that's in the past. Hurrah. Yay! Yay. <laughs> I know. It's, but I used to think I was a night owl. They used to always say I was a night owl, but it yeah. turns out I'm in bed by nine at the latest, you know, and I'm up and I'm out with my dog and I'm planning and yeah, it's great. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Well, I don't know. Do you know Mr. Rogers at all? No. Oh my goodness, Mr. Rogers. Okay, so he was this older gentleman that was on our public broadcast system for literally years, like uh -huh. from the 60s, maybe even the 50s. He was still on when I was a child, um, and I'm super young. I'm not actually that young. That's um, <laughs> passed away. But when 9/11 happened, he there were some interviews that he did about uh, when he was a child on the news. There would be these horrible things that happened, and his mother would always say, "Don't look. Don't focus on the bad. Look on the periphery, because what you see are the helpers." And mm. I always find the helpers. Because mm. when you find the helpers, there's hope. And the reason I'm mm. sharing that with you is because you are my helper. So, oh, wow. Thank you so much. I'm so glad ah. that I looked on the periphery and I found one of the greatest, funniest helpers on the planet. <laughs> I really hope other people connect with you. I am going to put your information in the show notes so they can find you Great. and watch your hilariousness and <laughs> your amazing posts. And it really has meant so much to me that we found time today to get together with yeah. our time differences and all of that. So thank you so much. Uh, you're so welcome. It's lovely to meet you and thank you for inviting me on. So yeah, thank you. Awesome. Well, I want to ask you one more thing. If there's somebody listening that is sober curious, what is that that you would say to them? I would definitely say find the sober community on Instagram. 
I would definitely say get some books. There's some fantastic books out there. Sober Curious Ruby Warrington is one of them. There's another one by Catherine Gray called The Unexpected Joy of Being Sober. And there's another lady called Claire Pooley who wrote The Sober Diaries. Those are the books I read first and they changed my life. And also there's really brilliant sober podcasts out there. Awesome. Well, I am going to yeah. find all of those and link them up in the show notes because I yeah. want everybody Great. to be able to find that information. Um, I have found that when you do things together, it seems a lot less scary. When you think you're the only one, it's, yeah. it's lonely and it's unsustainable. So I love mm. that you are all about the community of connection. I yeah, think. definitely. Well, thank you so much. I hope you have a you're wonderful welcome. weekend. And thank you for being here. Did you love what you heard today and you want more? Sign up for my weekly email in the show notes. It's packed with tips and tricks to lead and love your life. You can also follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram by typing in Emily Hawkins, the number four, the letter U. I'll see you here next week.